I would like to take this opportunity to ask you the same questions. What is the situation in your life today? Are you hurt? Maybe you are feeling fearful from COVID or worried about your finance. Maybe you are feeling burnt out in your life. Or maybe you feel frustrated in your life, career, study, or maybe your marriage. This morning, I want to highlight to you a character from the Old Testament. His name is Jeremiah, and his words are recorded in part, in part of chapter 3, Lamentations. If you are tired, frustrated, discouraged, you will be able to identify with Jeremiah. He is like you. Jeremiah lived in Jerusalem as a young man around 650 before Christ, which is about 3,000 years ago. According to the first chapter of the book of Jeremiah, God called Jeremiah to be a prophet when he was still very, very young. Jeremiah was, uh, chapter 1, verse 5 to 6 says this, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. And Jeremiah responded by saying, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. To which God replied Jeremiah in uh, verse 7 and 8, But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you. To and say whatever I command, I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. God has called Jeremiah to be a prophet to the nations of Israel even before he is born. And God knew that Jeremiah would face many difficulties, challenges and hardship as a prophet. But God promised Jeremiah that he would always be with him. And so, Jeremiah became a voice of the Lord and taught the people of Israel for many years. But they still failed to keep their promise to the Lord. Jeremiah prophesied that if they kept the Sabbath day as a holy day, the city of Jerusalem would not be conquered and be destroyed. Jeremiah warned the people that they would lose the battle to defend the city of Jerusalem because of their wickedness. Unfortunately, the people would not listen to him. Instead of repenting, they persecuted Jeremiah and threw him into the prison. But when we read that Jeremiah loved these people so much that he wept for their sin, Jeremiah is famous in the Bible as the weeping prophet. Just as prophesied, Jerusalem was later on conquered and destroyed. And the people were taken captive. It was during this time that Jeremiah wrote Lamentation chapter 3. In Lamentation chapter 3, he is beginning to describe his suffering. Verse 1 to 2. I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. During that time, when God allowed his beloved his beloved city, Jerusalem, has fallen and he himself is imprisoned. Jeremiah starts a dismal conversation with God. He asks, What kind of God is Jehovah God? 
Jehovah God dealt with me with suffering and wrath. He is that God. Is He the God guides me and make me walk in darkness? Are you the God of light? Why are you doing so to me? We can read his somber conversation in Lamentation 3, verse 7 to 8. He has worn me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with change. Even when I cry out, or, even when I call out and cry out for help, he shut out my prayer. He has barred my way with blocks of stone. He has made my path crooked. Jeremiah lamented that he is a prophet in change, a prophet who is besieged, whom God does not listen to him, whom God didn't listen to his prayer, where God makes his way crooked and makes him no way to go. Jeremiah and Jerusalem were chased terribly and without hope. The prophet Jeremiah felt hopeless and powerless. His dignity and the honour of the city were being diluted and he became a joke. He is in complete despair in pain. Basically, what he is saying was this. God, why are you doing so to me? You don't seem like cared about me. So, brother and sister, today, how many of you can relate his, his, his situation with you? How many of us has gone through these circumstances? Or some of you may be still hurting from such situations. Although Jeremiah went through such a difficulty time, and at the same time, he saw the distrust of his beloved homeland, Jerusalem, he take note that one thing that remained unchanged is God's mercy and faithfulness. Jeremiah understood that even though he is in great despair, it was not the end because he is trusting a God who is a sovereign God and a God who is giving hope to him. We can see this when we read, with, when we read Jeremiah wrote in Lamentation 3 verse 19 to 25. Can we read together the verse? Ready, go. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I will remember them, and my soul it does cast with me. Yes, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Before of the Lord's great love we are called consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hopes is in him, to the one who seeks him. So today, I want to help all of us to, uh, to know that when we are hurting, hopeless and helpless, do remember that the faithful love of the Lord Jesus never fails. So we can memorize these words and it will greatly Help to lift it, lift, lifting your hearts and your soul when you are down. The Bible tells us the great truth that God's love never fails. God gives us His amazing promises. The great is His faithfulness. 
for His mercy never fails. Every morning, it is new. Today is new. Tomorrow morning, it is new. Every day, Monday, Tuesday, until Friday, every day, God's mercy is new. God's faithfulness and His mercy never fail. Great is His truth. And at the ESV Bible translate is as the Stanford's love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Here is what these verses mean. As believers of God, we can trust in the Lord God Almighty with every fibre of our being at the very moment in time and in every circumstances because He is a faithful God. His love never fails us. Jeremiah speaks these words at time when he and his people of Judah feel forsaken by God. Jerusalem is in ruins and Jeremiah himself is suffering from physical afflictions. He compares his situations to a hopeless prisoner. But as he looks back on the fact that he and his people not completely destroyed, he is reminded of the Stanford's unceasing love of the Lord. This renewed revelations of God's mercy changes everything for him. So now, he places his hope in the goodness of God. And he knows that though God brings grief, he will show compassion. For God does not willingly bring affliction or grief to anyone. And so, Jeremiah can affirm that the faithfulness of God, and he sees God's mercy as new every morning. So today, I want to share with you about God's mercy. The title of the message of today is Hope in Despair, so that we can learn to look to God's mercy, love and faithfulness in suffering. As we begin, let's bow our hearts to pray. Father God, as we hear your good news from your words, Give us hope through the promises in the Holy Scripture. In the midst of despair, loneliness, frustrations, and doubts, may we experience your loves, your justice, your grace, your faithfulness, and your mercy. Change our hearts, O Lord, by your, by your power of your love. May we encounter your stemfulness, which is new every morning, right now, Help us to pay attention to the word of your, to the word of preaching. We pray all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So I want to share with you the three attributes of God that are closely related but are actually very different. They are different in function. Let's look at these three attributes. The first is God's justice. The second is God's grace. And the third one is God's mercy. They are interrelated but very, very different in how it works in our life. For example, if someone comes into this hall with a gun and starts killing every one of us, you want justice to be done in the person. That means the person needs to be addressed, tried and put into jail, right? That justice that we want the killer getting what he deserves. Justice means in very simple terms. That means justice is there, fair and reasonable treatment, and that you get and deserve 
when you act in certain manner or behaviour. Justice is a treatment that is always governed by certain law or legacy or moral morality. So when the person come into the hall, they kill, he kills every one of us, we would like justice to be done to the person. We would like the person to be, uh, go, to be punished and go to jail. Right? Who will forgive the person? No, right? We will keep, you will forgive. Wow, that's good. <laughs> then what is grace? In simple terms, grace is the goodness that you get when you don't deserve it. How many of you think that the killer worthy of being pardoned from imprisonment after killing every one of us here? Will you think that he can be run away without any punishment? Won't right. Alternately, how many of you think that you are worthy of God's forgiveness? Who among us is worthy of God's salvation? The answer is no. None of us are worthy. But we have been saved by God's grace. God gave us what we don't deserve. Forgiveness of sin that's come with salvation. Love, joy, peace, healing and many more. That means there is God's grace. It's not the same as mercy. Mercy is when, is when you don't get what you deserve. If the killer don't get life prisoner, that is mercy. Grace and mercy are different. It is two different sides of the coin. That is why grace and mercy always mention side by side together. We want justice to be run, right? Do you want justice to be done? Yes. We always want justice and fullness of justice to be done when it's done to others. But when we are the one faced with justice, we tend to be less stringent. Instead, we, want, we would want to ask for mercy to be applied in our situations. We will try all our best to avoid justice to be done against us. We would ask for mercy. We want a way out of the situation. For those of us here who have been driving for more than two years, can you wave your hands? Yeah. I guess you would have received a summon before. Right? If it may be because you didn't park your car properly or you're speeding or you didn't pay for your parking fee, so you will get a summon. I got my summon too. It's happened when, I, when during my time I'm still a kindergarten teacher in Subang. The school finished at 6.30 that I have to uh, quickly from Subang travel to KL to our church to attend small group or to, or to attend training. Many of us know that Federal Highway is very super congested during the off-working hours. Many of you know that uh, you cannot avoid to the road. If you go LDP, you go Federal Highway, it's the same because it's off-hour. So, I saw many cars start driving to the far lane that's outside the white line. Normally, the lane will be one, two, three, and the third one is outside one. So, I follow and drive to the left-hand side. I drove for some distance and very happy because I don't need to start in the jam. It, it took me a, a very long time if I start in the jam. So I, click, I follow and then after being happy for a while, I saw many cars quickly turn, quickly switch on the uh, signal and, turn, and go into the right lane. 
So I followed and turned into the right lane. I believe most of you know what will happen next if you are, have been go through the Federal Highway. There are a few several, several white sharks are waiting for me in front. You know who are there? They are policemen. He knew I was one of the cars going to the left and didn't follow the right lane. So, if you are stopped by the police, traffic police, you will know what they will do. They will ask you for some information, such as take out your IC, and then, why, where, are you want to go? where do you want to go? Why are you in hurry? I told the policeman I am a kindergarten teacher and I'm going to church. But I wouldn't just simply say, say that. I would say, Bole bagi satu chance, Can you give me one chance? Yeah. I know I've broken the laws and justly demand that I have, begun, I have been given a penalty or a summon or a punishment. But I was hoping that the traffic police will somehow give me a chance and do not give me a summon. Many times, when we want justice to be done to others, when they break the laws, because these people don't follow the traffic loose. But when it happens to us, we always want to escape from the justice against us and ask for mercy. So coming back to my story, I think you would like to know whether I get a summon or not, right? Well, at the end, I didn't get a summon. I didn't get a summon not because I'm so cute or I'm pretty during that time. It was because the traffic police have mercy on me. I didn't follow the traffic rule. I broke the law and justice said I deserve to have the summon. I be, but I didn't get the summon. I had mercy on that day. Mercy is when you didn't get what you deserve. Similarly, we have a God who is a merciful God. In the book of Ephesians, Paul contrasts our spiritual condition without Christ. And he contrasts these words, this, and he contrasts this with, his, with God's mercy. In Ephesians 2, verse 1 to 3, he said, You die in disobedience and many sins. Most importantly, you are spiritually dead because you have done many wrong things. You once lived in sins and obey the devil like the rest of the world. So watch what he say next. You are spiritually dead and you are obeying the devil. And then he said, We are all live like that, doing what our flesh and our hearts like. We do whatever we feel is good. We do whatever we want according to our own flesh and according to our self-centered desire. For our lacking, Paul said, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Let me sound out this scripture. Actually, Paul is going to say that. He said that without Christ, you are spiritually deaf, which means we are alienated and separate from God and His loneliness. Not physically that, but physically that because you disobedient God. Without Christ, you are obeying the devil. You are following your sinful desire, the desire of pride, ego, greed, envy, lust and deceit. 
And because you are living against God's holy law, you deserve God's anger. We are deserve God's anger actually. But how can a merciful and loving God can also be an angry and furious God at the same time? This seems to be difficult to grasp, right? Today, I want you to understand the love and anger can co-exist. For example, if you have a kids, you will love your kids. Who have a kids? You will love your kids, right? When you know your kids telling some lies to you, then you still love your kids. You will still love your kids, but you will be angry on the actions of lying and disobedient. You are not angry at your child. You are angry at his behavior and his attitude. And you will punish your child because he needs to be disciplined. In the sense, love and anger co-exists. If you have a good friend who likes to drink, got drunk and then he takes his car for a drive, will you be mad at him? Because he is putting himself and others in danger. Even though you can be a good friend, you are also be mad at his irresponsible actions and attitude. And for mommy or wives here, I'm sure you love your husband very much. But when, but when he repeated, forgets your wedding anniversary, your birthday, your Valentine's Day, or forget to do the house show he promised, you will be mad at him, right? You may not be loving him at that moment. And you may ask God to help you to have mercy on him, or else he will be sleeping elsewhere, in the living room or outside the house, right? <laughs> You can be loving and angry at the same time. God can be loving because He is love. But He can also be angry because we violate His holiness with our sinful desire. God loves us, but at the same time, He is angry at our sin. And Paul is saying, without Christ, you must experience God's anger. And then in verse 4, God say, Paul say, but God is so rich in mercy and He loves us so much. Remember, what are we without Christ? We are death in sin. We obey the devil. We are subjects to God's anger. Then Paul went to say, but God, but God. And again he said, but God is so rich in mercy and He loves us so much then even because of our sin, God let us receive new life with Christ. In other words, even though we deserve punishment because of God's abundance mercy, He doesn't give us what we deserve. If you are ever thought that, have a thought in your life that God is not fair, remember this, God didn't give us what we deserve. God did not dealt with us based on fairness alone. He gave us mercy even though we deserve judgment. Let me repeat this. If you ever have the thought in your life that God is not fair, remember this. God did not give us what we deserve. God did not deal with us based on fairness alone. 
He gave us mercy, even though we deserve punishment. It is not because God is unfair, but because of His mercy. God is merciful. What a wonderful good news for us in a word rich in meaning. In Greek, the word elios is in the present tense. It means that God lives in a constant, continuous state of mercy. It is a state of endless mercy. He is rich in mercy. It is continued. It is abundant. It is never ending. In the other way, it has always been and is always be there. That's why the scriptures say it's a new every morning. He is full of mercy. It was yesterday. It is new today. Tomorrow will also be new because he, because he has no end. It's always there. It's continual and endless. Our God is always just, but He is also merciful. He has been just and always been merciful. Some people views of God begin in Genesis 3 and end in Revelation 20. Genesis 3 talks about the fallen of humanity. When Adam and Eve sins, they rebels against God and sin enter the world. In Revelation 20, talks about eternal punishment the time of judgment of God towards all humanity. So for more, for some more, when they think about God, their mindset is this, I'm a sinner. I'm not good enough to go to heaven. I'm not good enough to deserve the salvation. I cannot meet God's requirement. I'm not worthy to be called a Christian. But there is not where God's story begins. It is not where God's story ends. God's story begins in Genesis 1. In Genesis chapter 1, God created everything and said, it is good. It is all good. God used six days to create everything and at the end He said, it is all good. This is where God saw everything was created was good. This is where God's goodness began. God said, you are free to eat from every tree in the garden, but the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil fruits, you shall not eat. Just don't eat the fruits of this tree. Then, you know the story. Adam and Eve succumbed to the temptation and they ate it. God said, if you add that, you will die. They ate it. Did they die? Did Adam and Eve die? If you read the Genesis 1. No, they didn't. Why? Because God showed mercy. God showed His mercy. In His mercy, God struck down His foot blade of grass. In His mercy, He, sac he sacrificed innocent animals and made garments of animal skin to cover Adam and Eve. From there on, God's mercy are new every morning for all humanity. He begins with mercy and goodness and, all, and goes all the way into Revelation, book of Revelation, where we read that God will make everything new. 
Begin with goodness and end with goodness. For His mercy are new every morning. When you understand the character of God, you will realise He is always justy, but He is always merciful God. Knowing all this, how then shall we live? We need to turn to the merciful God. Now I want to bring your attention to the story of King David in Old Testament. The Bible tells us that David committed sins. One was his adultery with Bathsheba, and the other one was counting people out of bride. Although there are many sins that David committed, what did he do? What did he do? What did he did? Uh, what he did he did after his sin? He always turned to God. But I want to I want you to see who he doesn't want to turn when he did something wrong. He put it this way in Second Samuel. 24 verse 14 Let us fall into the hands of the Lord Why? Because His mercy is great God will have mercy on my mistake Let me run to the loving God Then He said But don't let me fall into humans' hands This is interesting, right? David said he wants to go to the God who is merciful because God is merciful, but people may not be. As God people, we, of, we often experience God's mercy. We often experience God's forgiveness, provision, protections, and presence that we do not deserve. But sadly to say, we often are the ones who show least mercy to others when they are wrong. We always demand justice and punishment to those who hurt us. While I believe that justice and discipline need to be done, there is also the need to give mercy and to be, merc and to be merciful to others even though they do not deserve it. The Bible says in Romans 3 verse 23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. You and I supposed to deserve God's wrath because of our sinful character and attitude. You and I are supposed to deserve spiritual death. But God, in His mercy, He sent Jesus to show us His love. He sent His beloved Son, Jesus, to pay for our price, to pay for my sin and take away my sins so, someone who has never committed a crime pay for my sins, pay for my debt, and that someone pay for my wrongdoing. It was Jesus, the Son of God, who gave His life as the Lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sin, so that we can receive the grace of salvation, though through faith which is is God's gift to us. You may have read, you may have been heard about God's love, His mercy, and His grace for many, many times. Maybe millions of times. You may be heard about Jesus taking our price and die on the cross for billion times. But today, what you will do with this knowledge that you are so familiar with? As for me, the only response is to turn to God 
in gratitude and offer my life as a sacrifice. That is all I can do. I have received God's mercy and I'm willing to lay down my life for Him. Just as Jesus has laid down His life for me, I want to worship, worship Him daily. I want to thank Him daily for His thankfulness that is new every morning. Maybe you have struggled with hurts today, with broken hearts, with your frustrations, loneliness or insecurity. Maybe you have addictions that you have been stuck with. Perhaps you are struggling with lies and jealousy or there is guilt in your hearts. Whatever struggle you are dealing with today, I want to tell you this. David was shown mercy when he turned to God in repentance. And I want you to receive what David has received. You may have experienced God's love and mercy before. But today, I want you to experience that same mercy again. Because God's mercy is never ending. If you have doubt in your hearts, bring your doubts to God. Take your problems, your complaints to God. If you have sins that you are struggling with, come to God with your struggle and He is merciful with your struggle and will give the power to you to overcome it. He is merciful to forgive you if you are willing to come before the Lord. Just bring it before the Lord. Some of you maybe have this thought, well, I thank God for His mercy, but I'm still in suffering. Yes, you may still be struggling because of consequences of sin. Even after David turned back to God and repented of his adulterance sin with Bathsheba, he is still struggling with his family issue. As for us today, it may be painful for you right now, but there is hope because God's mercy always comes with the grace. God's grace is sufficient to carry us through the consequences of our sins. In 2 Corinthians verse 4 to 8, say this Even though we are hard pressed on every side, we are not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. And his loving conscience never fails. Therefore, the very fact that I am still alive today is remind me of the mercy of the Lord because His loving concern has never fails and will never, never end. Jeremiah say in Lamentation 3, When I remember the Lord, I have hope. The hope is mercy, for His mercy never fails. It continues and is never ending. This appear in Genesis 1 and also end of Revelation 2020. 2022. He always been a God of love, the God of justice, but also the God of mercy. For His great love is new every morning and He is a faithful God. In Lamentation 3 verse 25 to 26 say this, 
to the Lord, to the, the Lord is good to those who hope in, is in Him. To the one who seek Him, it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. We look to the days to come to be hopeful. The God we believe in is beyond our, our acceptable humanity and divinity. We cannot comprehend the justice, grace and mercy of God. Why did God leave me in such situations? It's all happened and we went through it. But when we think back, it's because of God's love and mercy never cease. If God without love and mercy, we would all be die. God's love and mercy is beyond our Im imaginations. Therefore, we have to look up and wait on the Lord. He has His own will. So dear brother and sister, no matter what situations you are in today, His arms are open for you and His mercy will never fail because He is God who never changes yesterday, today and tomorrow. His grace is sufficient for you today. His love begins new every single day. And His mercy begins new every day. His love for you is never ending. So, when you are down like Prophet Jeremiah, when you are hurting, turn to God. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. When you are struggle with your sins of lust and pride like King David, turn to God always. Even though God is in His mercy, will always forgive. There will still be consequences of sin in life. But God's grace is always there to lift us up. He is our God who comforts us in our trials. He is the God who gives us strength when we are helpless. He is the God who heals us when we are sick. He is the God who provides for us when we are in need. Whatever you hurt, whatever your fear are, take it to God. He can handle your doubts. He can handle your fear. He can deal with your helpless, with your hopelessness. He can handle your anxiety. He can handle your complaints and He can handle with your sins. Maybe there is a weight on your mind or an unresolved problem you have been praying for. Maybe you, are, you, are, you have a sin you are trying to get over. Maybe some, someone has betrayed you. It could be anything. A financial burden or you are feeling alone. You are scared. You got a sense of life full of many, many questions. Whatever is it, bring it to God. Because God's mercy are new every morning. Right now, I would like to invite worship team to come on stage. So, brother and sister, we will always encounter loneliness and sadness. And this time, you may feel that no one can understand you. And help you. However, no matter how difficult or painful we encounter, please don't forget that God 
is righteous, loving, gracious, merciful and faithful. In view of God's mercy, given what He has done for us through Jesus, our only response is to, keep, is to give Him our life. If you have been a Christian for more than five years, ten years or even more, let me humbly submit this to you. Becoming a Christian is not just about coming to church on Sunday to worship and praying to God when you don't have anything to do. It is a life, complete obedience to follow Jesus. A life of complete devoted to Jesus. It is a way of life that is closely related to our life. This is our relationship with God who is in charge of universal. How do we start this relationship? We can turn away from our wrongdoing, from our sins. We recognize that Jesus, He is the Son of God who paid the price for our sins. He died in our place and God raises Him up from the dead. Now, by God's grace, we can receive the salvations we do not deserve. By God's mercy, we don't get the punishment we deserve. As we live in His mercy and grace every day for our life, let us always hold on this to God's promises that He will always sustain us and journey with us in every situation of our life. Let us always turn to God with a pure and contrite heart. Always examine our attitude and mindset as a follower and disciple of Jesus. So instead of being a part-time Christian, we give our best, we give our all and put God in the first place in our life. 